Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Sahana Vavadu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai so we are studying the text Drigdrishya Viveka and we were on the verses 20 and then 21. So let's ch- uh, chant 20 first. Asti bhati priyam rupam Asti bhati priyam rupam Namam chetyang shapanchakam Adhyatrayam Brahma Rupam Adhyatrayam Brahma Rupam Jagadrupam Tatodvayam Jagadrupam Tatodvayam What does that mean? It means that everything in this universe has five characteristics existence appearance, it shines forth, and joy or bliss, and name and form. Asti means exists, it exists. Bhati, it shines, reveals itself. Priyam, we like it, it it is, uh, it gives us joy, and uh, a name and a form. The verse tells us that the first three, existence, the shining forth, and the joy aspect, these are borrowed from Brahman. These are indicative of Brahman. And the name and the form are the word. So this is what the verse has told us. Let us remember the context. The context is this. Vedanta tells us everything is Brahman. So whatever we experience outside is Brahman. And we too are Brahman. If you look at the structure of any experience, it's subject and object. You are the experiencer and you experience something. So subject and object. And if Brahman is everything, then Brahman is both subject and object. Whatever we experience must be Brahman, if it is true that everything is Brahman. Whatever we experience is Brahman, And we the experiencer, we also must be Brahman in some sense. So inside and outside there must be Brahman. And yet we do not see anything as Brahman. We do not experience the universe as Brahman. We see people and things and planets and stars and atoms and birds, animals and so on. And we see inside ourselves, we see this person. Thoughts, memories, emotions, perceptions, all these things. But where is Brahman in all of this? What, the, what Vedanta tells us is, 
outside the names and forms projected by Maya, they borrow existence from Brahman and appear to us as this world. And inside the mind, it borrows consciousness from Brahman and appears to us as this individual being, the thinker, the knower, what we normally consider ourselves to be. We ourselves consider, consider ourselves to be a thinking being, a knowing being. In Sanskrit, Pramata. So outside, here is this world, names and forms, borrowing existence from Brahman. So we experience everything in this universe as existing. It is. The table is. The person is. The room is. Even the empty space between us is. We experience this universe as existing. Within ourselves, our own thoughts, feelings, emotions, we not only experience as existing, but we feel awareness, sentience, consciousness. So outside the names and forms have borrowed Sat, existence from Brahman. And within ourselves, our minds have borrowed Sat and Chit, existence and consciousness from Brahman. Now this verse tells us we can find Brahman in everything that we experience. We can find Brahman in everything that we experience. We have to discern it. How do you discern it? In every experience, it says, you definitely have the experience of existence. So everything that we experience in the world outside is existence plus name and form. Think about it. Whatever we experience, that exists. If it did not exist, we would not experience it. Now what this verse is telling us is, that existence is borrowed from Brahman. That existence belongs to Brahman. That existence points to Brahman. And the rest of it, the name and form, this form of the table, and then the concept we give to it, a table, this is Maya. This is projected over existence. What changes is the name and form. It was a tree, then it was a log of wood, then it is a table. Maybe in the distant future it will be a broken table and pieces of wood. Names and forms have changed. But at every point, the tree exists, the wood exists, the table exists. And when we experience it as broken table, pieces of wood, exists. That existence, they say, if you consider it by itself, is unchanging. What changes are the names and forms. That existence is Brahman. That you find everywhere, unchanging, in every experience. When we are trying to understand this verse, we had a little difficulty. The difficulty is this. In everything that we experience, we find existence. But when it says priyam, joy, pleasure, happiness, we don't find happiness in everything that we experience. In fact, many of the things that we experience are not at all happy experiences. Are unpleasant. It's more cloud than sunshine. So what it says here is, one way of understanding this verse, as I mentioned two ways, one way of understanding this verse is this, the traditional way of understanding the verse is this. All names and forms are capable of borrowing existence from Brahman, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't feel that they exist. So everything borrows existence from Brahman, that's one. But only certain names and forms 
can borrow consciousness from Brahman. And those names and forms we call our subtle bodies, mind, intellect. So, where alone we find consciousness. And in the mind, in certain modifications, in certain thought modifications of the mind, which we call happy or pleasurable experiences or thoughts, there alone the joy aspect of Brahman, the bliss aspect of Brahman is borrowed, the ananda of Brahman is borrowed. Let me restate this. We experience asti, existence, everywhere. We experience existence and bhati, appearance, shining forth, consciousness, only in our minds. And we experience asti, bhati, priyam, existence, consciousness, bliss, only in the, what is technically called the sukhakara vritti, in the, in the modifications of the mind where happiness is found in the sattvika modification of the mind. What they mean to say is that Brahman, existence, consciousness, bliss is everywhere. Everywhere, inside and outside, in every entity, in every experience. Only certain entities, gross, uh, only certain, all entities are capable of borrowing the existence aspect of Brahman. Only certain entities, the subtle, uh, subtle body, subtle matter, is capable of borrowing not only existence, but also consciousness from Brahman. And among the subtle bodies, in the subtle body also, when it becomes sattvika, when it gets a, a thought modification, thought modification of the form of joy, I am happy, in that moment, the mind reflects not only existence, not only consciousness, but also joy. Asti, bhati, priyam. This is one way of understanding it. And this is a good way of understanding it because it follows our experience. It follows our experience. We experience existence everywhere, in every experience. We experience existence plus, plus consciousness only in our internal life, in our, our inner being, in our subtle body, in our mind, in our intellect. Think about it. You do not directly experience consciousness. The table exists, the microphone exists. That much we can experience. But the consciousness aspect of it is in my mind, by which I experience this table and the microphone. I do not directly experience any consciousness in the table or in the microphone. And joy, it may be, ananda may be there everywhere. Brahman is there everywhere, ananda, bliss is there everywhere. But I experience it only in certain thoughts in my mind, the happy thoughts, the happy experiences. So this interpretation follows our experience closely. It does not mean that consciousness and bliss are not present everywhere. It's present everywhere, but not manifested, not experienced everywhere. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation could be that no existence, consciousness, bliss are everywhere and are manifested everywhere. It's only that we have to reimagine, rethink what you mean by consciousness. So in some sense, even what you might call insentient objects might be conscious. They are already beginning to think about a different kind of consciousness, which uh, matter might also, so-called so matter might also possess. Um, another way of looking at it would be an enlightened person would find uh, existence, consciousness, bliss in every experience. That's also another way of looking at it. So that these are different ways of understanding that verse. Now, Shall we go back to, can you hold the questions? We'll come to the questions at the end. Yes. Let's go to the next verse. 
which is a follow-on to this verse. 21. Kavai Agni Jalor Vishu Devatiryam Naradishu Abhinna Satchidananda Bhidyete Rupa Namani It's a follow-on to the earlier verse. What follows from the earlier verse? Existence, consciousness, bliss are equally present. Brahman is equally present in everything in the universe. What is there in the universe? The five elements. Today we think about more than 150, nearly 200 elements, I think, in the periodic table or more. Less. And in the ancient cultures, in India, in all the Indian philosophies, in Greece, in China, in ancient cultures, they had only five, they thought of only five elements. Uh, There's a different logic to it. They thought of the universe composed of um, Akasha, space, Vayu, air, Agni, fire, uh, Apa or Jala, water, and Prithivi, earth. So the five elements, and there's a logic behind it, why they thought about it that way. And so everything in the universe is made up of these five elements. Now, what Vedanta says is, existence, consciousness, bliss are present equally in all the five elements. Not only in the five elements, in anything manufactured from those five elements. For example, he says, gods, human beings, animals, deva, teriyag, naradishu. They are supposed to be higher beings in higher heavens. In the Hindu mythology, you speak about um, six higher heavens where you have seven worlds, one above the, above, uh, above the other, more subtler than the other, and you have higher beings in mythological, you find in the Hindu Puranas and in the other scriptures, descriptions of these worlds. But basically, they are inhabited by beings like us, and they have they're better equipped, better bodies and better... Uh, uh, sensory apparatus and so on whatever whether those beings exist or not is not the point the point is even if they exist they are made of these five elements those bodies are made of these five elements as are these as are the bodies of animals Tiriak literally means serpents or lizards so superior bodies bodies like ours inferior bodies they are all made of these five elements and indeed, the external universe, that's also made of five elements. Whatever we experience are made of these five elements. And all of these are in reality existence, consciousness, bliss. Then why so much diversity? The diversity says because of name and form. The differences between all of us, all of us, each of us here, between us and the gods, between us and the animals and plants and down to the bacteria, I didn't know this. I was listening to a science lecture. It seems we think of ourselves as made up of body parts and then molecules, uh, the, 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 the tissues and the organs uh, and going down to the cellular cells. But we have huge colonies of bacteria right, living on our skins and inside us also. And I was reading an estimate. It seems less than 5% of the cells in this body are our cells. 95% are bacteria. You wouldn't know that. You would think that we have a little bit of bacteria and most of it is us. 
Well, it's not us in that sense. <laughs> most of it is not us also. But they are basically, most of them are good bacteria. So they do a lot of services for us. So they are sort of in alliance with us. Part, partners, yes. All of that. Such difference, such tremendous variety. It says all these varieties are name and form. Are name and form. At the basis, it is just existence, awareness, bliss, Brahman. And that is appearing in all these ways through different names and forms. And as we have read, all these are projected by Maya. Now, starts a new section. This is the understanding that we have got. Inside us, we are the witness consciousness. Shining upon the mind and the body, we are the drashta, the drik, the witness, the sakshi, within the body and the mind system. In the external universe, Brahman exists as existence. Everywhere you see things, names and forms, but common factor is existence. Now, the reality within us, Brahman, the reality outside us, Brahman, we have begun to understand this. But how to make it a living reality? How to fix our understanding? How to break out of the habitual way of living and thinking that we are minds and bodies? And this is an insentient universe which we are dealing with. How to break out of that? How to break out of the habitual pattern of dualistic thinking that we are all separate individual beings? So for that, what we have understood has to become a living reality, has to become as real as what we, we used to think earlier. Now as our understanding has been changed by what we have studied so far, now this has to be driven, this understanding has to be driven deep into us. We have to assimilate it. Swami Vivekananda used to say that, tell yourself, I am that, that reality, is, I am that, I am that, till it tingles with every drop of your blood. This is assimilating the truth. It becomes the reality. We are de have to dehypnotize ourselves. We understand things in one way. We behave and think in another way. What we understand, we have to bring our behavior, our thinking in line with our understanding. For that, meditation is necessary. In Vedanta, it is called Nididhyasana. Vedantic meditation is called Nididhyasana. It is different from yogic meditation. This difference has to be understood carefully as we go into this. There are vast numbers of meditation techniques. One group of meditation techniques is what we will call yogic meditation, concentration, where there is an object on which you concentrate, externally or internally. That's yogic meditation. There's also another class of meditation techniques which come from the Buddhist mindfulness techniques, where you don't concentrate on an object, Rather, you try to maintain mindfulness, awareness, watching phenomena as they arise and subside. That's another class of meditation techniques. Now, what I want us all to appreciate carefully is that what we are going into right now is very different from both of these. It's not concentrating on an object, nor is it being generally aware of objects as they arise and fall. We shall see what it is, how it is different. Now, let us go into the meditation techniques. 22, verse number 22. Upeksha nama rupe dve 
सच्चिदानंदतत्पर डिसरिगार्डिंग डिसमिसिंग नेम एंड फॉर्म फोकस ऑन द एक्सिस्टेंस कॉन्शियसनेस प्लेस वेन ऑल द टाइम यू मीन ऑल द टाइम वेन आई एम मेडिटेटिंग नॉट ओनली वेन यू आर मेडिटेटिंग वॉट एवर यू आर डूइंग all the time here is another big difference between vedantic meditation non dual meditation and the other forms of meditation non dual meditation can be carried and should be carried on any time at any kind of experience whether you are sitting with eyes closed and meditating or your eyes are open and you are working or doing something you can do this now all the time keep your attention on existence consciousness bliss remember the five factors they mentioned existence consciousness bliss name and form the differences are in name and form the world is in name and form maya is name and form disregarding the name and form focus on the existence consciousness bliss how are we to do that they will teach us now remember where are where are we to find brahman we find brahman externally and internally in the world outside with our eyes open as sri ramakrishna used to say if i close my eyes and there is god if i open my eyes there is no god what kind of god is this so if i open my eyes also i should be able to find god if i close my eyes and go within i should be able to find god so brahman with eyes open brahman with eyes closed two places we have to find in two ways in the world outside and in our internal private worlds so how do we do that so there are these two sets of meditation techniques they will teach us external and internal meditation techniques samadhim sarvada kuriyad hriday athava vahi hriday means within us within our in our own minds and vahi in the external world two sets of meditation techniques remember the purpose the purpose is to discover and focus on brahman in the world outside and discover and focus on the witness inside which is also brahman in our inner world two sets of meditation techniques why two because this is the very nature of our experience the structure of our experience is subject and object all our experience is of ourselves and the world so in the world you find brahman within yourself you find brahman so you need two kinds of approaches and two sets of meditation techniques so there will be six meditation techniques in all they will explain three internal and three external let's go straight into it number of people have been asking me when are you going to teach the six meditation techniques now that scares me a little because the meditation techniques in themselves are not important the real important work has already been done if we have begun to understand at least what they are talking about then the meditation techniques will be useful if you have begun to understand what they are talking about in the earlier 20 verses then the meditation techniques will be useful otherwise there will be a nice exercise that's all a nice sort of calm your mind and give you a nice feeling but it will not reveal brahman 23 let's go into the meditation techniques savikalpo nirvikalpa savikalpo 
समाधिर्विधो हृदय दृश्य शब्दानुवेदन सवीकुनर्द्विधा Now, the meditation techniques. Let me uh, list, give you a list of the meditation techniques uh, classification. What's going to happen in the next few verses? Just keep this in mind. I already said six techniques: three internal, three external. Antara means internal. Bahi means or bahya means external. So antara samadhi. Three kinds of meditation techniques. Three types antara. and three types external or bahi now the internal techniques will be taken up first remember the purpose of the internal techniques we are to discover the witness within and be stabilized in the witness people say swami i sort of understand what you're talking about in the class but the moment i step out and go to the freeway you know it's a, so it all all disappears i can no longer be the witness now how do i get stabilized in my understanding that i am that witness consciousness for that three techniques are prescribed now these three techniques are again of two types savikalpa nirvikalpa with thought construct without thought construct with thought construct savikalpa without thought construct nirvikalpa two kinds of techniques and these with thought constructs the savikalpa again of two types with the help of an object drishyanuvidha and with the help of a text shabdanuvidha so drishyanuvidha shabdanuvidha with the help of an object with the help of a text now what 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 is the classification like internal external internal antara external bahi or bahya internal three types internal two types savikalpa nirvikalpa with thought construct without thought construct now the savikalpa with thought construct again of two types with the help of an object drishyanuvidha with the help of a text shabdanuvidha so what is the final list of samadhis let us look at the internal antara drishyanuvidha savikalpa samadhi internal with the help of an object thought construct samadhi literally antara shabdanuvidha savikalpaka samadhi internal with the help of a uh, of the text thought construct samadhi antara nirvikalpa samadhi internal without any thought construct samadhi and the same thing external which will come to later on so three here and three there that's what's going to happen all right now let's start the first one if you have the list in mind the first one will be internal with the help of an object thought construct samadhi and what is the purpose to discover and stabilize ourselves as the witness all right let's read the verse first kamadhyashchitta gadrishya kamadhyashchitta gadrishya 
ध्यानुविधोम Let me explain it before I go into the verse. It will be useful to contrast it with other kinds of meditation techniques which we might be practicing, or at least with which we might be familiar. You see, when thoughts come up in our mind, the thoughts are about something. in philosophical language the thoughts are intentional they are about something so when i think about a book so i have a thought about a book there is a thought and the object of that thought the content of that thought is this book now thoughts keep coming and going hundreds of thoughts thousands of thoughts they rise and fall and usually the thoughts are about different things you see a person you eat something you hear some music you think something you remember something else and you decide to do something you see something else and it goes on throughout the day hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of objects your thoughts are about all these things so they are all different from each other they are all same because they are all thoughts but they are all different because each thought is about something else now in meditation what you normally do in yogic meditation is try to make the thought about the same thing so i am trying to think about say krishna so as i think about krishna some other thought comes i just i push it away and think about krishna again think about krishna again think about krishna again that is an attempt to meditate when the thoughts are different they keep coming but they are all about the same object not about different objects and so obviously you know it is a struggle because thoughts tend to go this way and all the way um, um, every which way but then you have to bring it back to your object of meditation that's usually what one does in meditation the object of meditation may be different it may be krishna or jesus or um, rama or it may be om or a light or something an object which you constantly try to keep your mind on that's yogic meditation now and there is another kind of meditation the buddhist awareness meditation mindfulness meditation where you do not try to focus on anything but you keep an awareness of what is rising and falling the objects which come and go in your awareness that's all here what we do is entirely different this has to be grasped how is it different when any object comes into your thoughts when you think about any object instead of thinking about the object what the text tells us is become aware of yourself as illumining the object the object comes look at this it's a book you'll say what well, if i ask you what is this you'll say it's a book i'll say no what you are seeing is the light reflected of the book if i ask you what is this it's a microphone no what you are seeing is the light reflected of the microphone it's the same light which illumines this book now which illumines this microphone now what they are telling us to do is when i tell when i say this is a book take it in three stages one it's a book second i am aware of the book so it's just not a book you are having an experience of a book you are aware of the book that is what the experience is you are aware of the book the book comes and goes other objects come and go your awareness stays the same 
that awareness which is enabling you to experience the book, the microphone, the Swami and anything else, all the forms, all the sounds, all the smells and tastes, all the thoughts in your mind, all of them come and go, they arise and subside in your awareness. Now, what they are asking us to do is, use these objects, use these thoughts which come and go. Don't focus on the thought, focus on the awareness shining on that thought. You can never know the awareness because you are that awareness. You are that awareness which illumines the thought which is coming in your mind now. Just before this, when you were driving here or riding the metro or bus here, your experience was entirely different. But that awareness was there. You, that awareness which was illuminating those experiences, illumining those experiences was there. Yesterday at this time, you are having an entirely different set of objects which you were experiencing. But you, the awareness, illumining those objects, you were exactly the same. Ten years ago, you have forgotten what was there. But one thing you can say for sure, you, that awareness, that awareness was there. Before the birth of this body also, that awareness was there. Not the thoughts, not the body, not the brain. The awareness was there. Whatever was there was being illumined by that awareness. It is that one awareness in you, in me, in her, in everybody. It is illumining the different thoughts coming in your mind, in my mind, in her mind and in his mind, everywhere. It's one awareness shining forth through us. Millions of years ago, before life came on this earth, billions of years ago, that awareness was. They will claim that this awareness was even before the Big Bang came. It does not depend. They are all objects to that awareness. That awareness is what you are or I am in reality. That is Brahman. How do you stabilize yourself in that? Use the objects of experience. Whenever you experience something, whenever a thought comes to your mind, any thought, when it comes to your mind, instead of being stuck on that thought, Instead of trying to control that thought or get another thought in that place or trying to think that thought again, don't give importance to that thought. Become aware of yourself shining upon that thought. Become aware of yourself, of the thought shining in your consciousness. He says here, Kamadhyashchittagadrishya in your mind, various kinds of thoughts, feelings, perceptions, memories arise. All the time. In our minds they arise. Take them up as they arise. Let them arise. He says, any bad thought, calm or desire, anger, good thought, devotion, affection, kindness. Let them arise. Whatever is arising, become aware of, of them arising in that consciousness, in that awareness. Thing is, you don't have to create anything here. You don't have to imagine anything here. It's right there. In fact, if you imagine, you're making a mistake. What they're asking you to do is look at what is right there. Right there, right now, all these thoughts, feelings and emotions are arising in our consciousness. In that awareness, in that consciousness. So it says, desire, etc. Chittaga drishya. The things which are known or 
or seen. Drishya literally means that which is seen. What is seen inside us? Thoughts, feelings. So desire, etc., are things which are which are arising in our awareness inside us. Tat sakshitvena chetanam. Become aware of consciousness as a witness to these thoughts. Now, here is something subtle. Don't try to make that consciousness an object of your meditation. You cannot. You will never get it. You will never get it. What we need to do is, all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories arising in the mind at this moment are not me. The thinker, which is thinking all this, is not me. It shines in me the light of awareness. Or it shines in me awareness. Just know that thinking mind, the thinker, the knower, the thinker in the mind right now, to be not me. See it as being not me. Why is it not you? Because it is something that is shining in your light. It must be apart from you. It was, those thoughts were not there yesterday. Those thoughts were not there 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Those feelings, thoughts, desires, they're not there 20 years ago. And yet you were there, that awareness was there. So that common awareness in all our experiences become, become aware that you are that witness. Tat sakshitvena chetanam. For this, what will you use? Any thought. Whatever comes to your mind. The important thing is not the thought itself. Don't try to focus on the thought. Focus on the witnessing consciousness. Become aware of yourself as not these thoughts. Not the thinker of thoughts. Just the light in which these thoughts shine. Have we ever, we have all seen, you know, a ray of sunlight coming early morning into our room and the brownian motion of the little dust particles, motes of dust in the ray of sunlight. Imagine yourself to be that ray of sunlight. I'm giving an example. You are something much more beautiful than that. Imagine that the ray of sunlight is that consciousness. And all thoughts, feelings, they just pass through that consciousness. Come into the light of that consciousness and subside. You are not the thinker. Free yourself from the, this incessant thinking, unstoppable thinking. You are not that at all. The thinker comes into being the moment we awake in the morning. It was not there earlier. In the dream it comes into being and disappears again. In deep sleep there is no thinker. And yet you the awareness was there. Aware, aware of the blankness of deep sleep. Aware of the dream worlds created by the mind. Aware of the physical world presented by the mind and the senses now. You are that awareness. Unchanging, immortal awareness. It says... Dhyayed drishyanu vidhoyam. Meditate thus. Stabilize yourself thus. With the help of a drishya. With of the help of an object. What object? A thought. A thought is an object. We make the mistake of thinking the thoughts are the subject and the world outside is the object. To consciousness, to awareness, thoughts are objects. Which you illumine directly. Through the thoughts, through the thinking, mind and the senses, the world outside is illumined and experienced. The world, everything in the world is an object. The body is also an object. All the thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories are also objects to consciousness, which you are.
दृश्यानुविधोयम समाधि सविकल्पक दिस इज समाधि विद अ थॉट कंस्ट्रक्ट विद द हेल्प ऑफ थॉट्स यूजिंग अ पर्टिकुलर थॉट एज अ रिफ्लेक्टर इट्स लाइक लेट मी गिव यू ऑन अ ब्यूटिफुल एग्जाम्पल आई सी माई फेस इन अ मिरर I see my face reflected in the mirror. What do I see? I see the mirror and I see the reflection. But I do not see my face directly. Now what they are asking us to do is looking at the at the mirror, looking at the face there. Now become aware that you are not the mirror, not the reflected face. You become aware that you are the fa- that which is being reflected in the mirror. You cannot still see it. But you realize you are not this. The real face is not the one reflected in the mirror. The real face is that which is being reflected now thinking thus becoming aware in this way you're putting some distance between yourself you're putting some distance between ourselves our true self and the thinking mind then what do you do next next step so these are not alternative techniques these are steps the three steps 25 असंग सच्चिदानंद स्वप्रबोद्वैतवर्जित अस्मीति शब्द विधोयम सामकल्पका now comes the second step the second type of internal samadhi do you remember internal with the help of a text thought construct samadhi antara shabda vidha shabda vidha savikalpaka samadhi that's what we are going to do now now what is the purpose now we are using a thought becoming aware of ourselves as that which illumines the thought now drop the thought the next stage is to drop the thought it's like i have a mirror and my face is reflected in the mirror by looking at the reflection i become aware of my real face i still do not see my real face i cannot i become aware of my real face now i don't need the mirror or the reflection i drop the mirror and the reflection and i use these words i am that real face which was being reflected in the mirror just to become stabilized in that otherwise my mind keeps going out to the mirror now you use a vedantic text to which tells you what you are because you cannot directly experience what you are you can directly experience only objects in your light but the light itself cannot experience itself directly as an object so what you do is use a vedantic text use a vedantic text this vedantic text is like the mirror which tells you which shows you what you are once we dismiss the uh, the thought i was thinking a thought maybe om or some thought now i become aware of myself as the consciousness in which the om thought shines then i dismiss the thought itself and i tell myself this i am asanga completely unattached look at these powerful words these are vedantic texts there are alternative texts one might use but here a certain set has been given asanga completely unattached imagine all the things that you have experienced in the world 
till this point, till today, they've all come and gone in your experience. The objects of experience, the things that we have eaten, the sounds, that music that we have heard, the people we have met, relationships, uh, possessions, houses, they have all come and gone. Not one of them have we been able to hold on to. The things which appear in our consciousness also disappear. Not one thing we have been able to hold on to. Not even this body. This body is continuously going, changing, becoming older. Not even the body. No person you can hold on to. All the persons, even the most beloved persons we have in, the, in our lives. It is true that at one time they were not there. And it's equally true, at one time they will not be there. All the possessions that we have had in this world, it is true that at one time we did not have them. And it is absolutely true, there will come a time and soon that we will not have them. House, bank, car, whatever. This body, this body, that also. Our most cherished thoughts, our memories, our knowledge which we have built up, everything has arisen, will disappear. One day it will go away. In all of this, you wear that consciousness, you are that consciousness, you will remain that consciousness. That consciousness is completely unattached to anything. In fact, the proof is, every night when you go to sleep, the entire universe slides away from you. Every night. Not one thing in this universe remains with you when you go to deep sleep. Everything goes away. If I did not awaken from my deep sleep, what would remain with me? Nothing of this universe. This universe, this planet, this, this body, this, our identity, nothing. Nothing remains. The problems, our projects, nothing remains. You know, when they say, you have to practice detachment in Vedanta. Many people say, oh Swami, it is so difficult to practice detachment. You are, you are Swamis and you are practicing detachment, that's great. But we are householders, we are in this world, we are attached. How can we give up attachments? We are so attached. And Vedanta says to us, to such people, that you, are, you do not know how unattached you already are. You don't have to practice unattachment. You don't have to practice detachment. You are completely detached, even to the most beloved person, object, thing which you possess. Completely detached at this moment. Imagine the greatest attachment possible in human life, in all life. The love, the attachment of a young mother for her baby. The love or the attachment of a young mother for her baby. The thing which is always on her mind and in her heart is the child. Consciously, unconsciously, um, attention is there. And that young mother, when she goes to sleep at night, I can, people smile when I say this, Swami, because you're a Swami, you don't know, young mothers don't get much sleep at night. <laughs> okay, but when they do get sleep at night, when they go to sleep at night, she forgets the world, she forgets the most beloved thing, most important thing in the whole universe for her, her own little child sleeping in the, uh, in the, in a, in the cot next. Completely forgets. No attachment. And she goes into this state of consciousness, not in, in terror. Oh, what is, what's happening? I'm losing uh, my beloved little child. No, in great joy and relief. She goes into that state. 
We never think about it that way. You are completely detached from the object of the greatest attachment also. Right now, without any Vedanta. You are that completely detached consciousness. Asangoaham. Use this text. That consciousness in which the thought was arising, dismiss the thought, that consciousness is unattached. Satchidananda. You are existence, consciousness, bliss. Swaprabha. Everything depends upon you for its illumination, for being experienced. You depend on nothing for illumination. You are the light of the universe. Every day in our hymn, when we worship in the evening, the Vespers, we sing, Light of light, Jyoti Rajoti, Ujala Ridikantara, which shines within our hearts. That is exactly what you are. Swaprabha, Jyoti Rajoti, light of lights. This is what we really are, light of lights. And Dvaita Varjita, a very powerful word here, devoid of duality. That consciousness is devoid of duality because it is existence itself. Whatever exists appears in it. All the objects that we experience in the world, the universe out there, the people, the body, mind, everything, is actually nothing else than the consciousness which we are. It's not a second thing. It's just a name and form spread upon your own existence by Maya. I'll repeat that. It is your own existence which appears to you as your own mind, body and external universe. Dvaita Vajjita. There are not two. There is no second thing apart from the consciousness which you or I am. That consciousness, that primordial. In the Bible you find, I am that I am. Before everybody else, before everything in the universe, the Lord says, I am. That primordial I am is what we are, all of us. One. Now, Dvaita Varjita, there is no second apart from it. There is no second. Whatever we experience as second is in reality that consciousness alone, appearing with a name and form, appearing to be different from us. Asmi, I am. This Asmi means I am. This has to be connected to the terms, the four terms which we used. Asanga Asmi, Satchidananda Asmi, Swaprabha Asmi, Dvaita Vajjito Asmi. I am completely detached. I am existence, consciousness, bliss. I am self-luminous, Swaprabha. I am non-dual. Use these words, repeat these words to yourself in the mind, in the second stage, after dismissing the thought. That consciousness is unattached. That consciousness is existence, consciousness, bliss. That consciousness within me is self-luminous. That consciousness is without a second. There is no, nothing apart from it. Repeat that. Then what will happen? Then you need to drop these words also. The thing to do at that time is not to do anything more. The next stage is the nirvikalpaka, without a thought construct. The third internal samadhi, the final samadhi, where you drop the word. The word is also thinking. This word, when we repeat to ourselves, it's also thinking. Stop repeating the words. Just relax into it. That internal nirvikalpaka samadhi cannot be attained with effort. Effort goes only up to this. When you are stabilized in that, you don't have to make an effort. 
It's like looking at a mirror, seeing the reflection, becoming aware of yourself as what is being reflected. Stage one. Drop the mirror. Tell yourself, I am that which was reflected. Then stop telling yourself, remain as you are. Exactly in the same way, use a thought. I am the consciousness in which thoughts appear and disappear. Drop the thought. Tell yourself that consciousness is Asanga, Satchidananda, Swaprabha, Dvaita Vajjita. Then stop telling yourself. Drop that telling. That is still, you are still using the mind. Stop using the mind. Then you come to the third and final stage. You just relax into this stage. This is Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. Twenty-six. We'll just read it and take it up next time again. Swanubhuti rasaveshat Drishya shabda upekshyatu Nirvikalpa samadhisyat Nivatasthita deepavat Swanubhuti rasaveshat there will be a kind of intoxication. You see, one of the first things that happens when you try to practice it also, an enormous burden will be lifted from your shoulders. The burden which we have been carrying around in our lives, this little body, little mind, its insecurities, its anxieties, its, its little history, its little projects, its guilt, its anger, its frustration, all of that drops off. So you get a a sense of tremendous sense of freedom, a tremendous sense of eternity, a tremendous sense of being grounded in something absolute. Swanubhuti rasaveshad. Rasa means a joy, a kind of intoxication, a joy will come from within. It's not a feeling. The joy is not a feeling. It's something infinitely more real than feeling. It's there. When you sense it, you will feel that it is there. It's nothing within the mind. It seeps into the mind. But it's something comes, that comes from beyond the mind. Swanubhuti rasaveshat. Then what will happen? Shabda drishya upekshyatu. Thoughts are dropped and the text which we were using, I am detached, I am existence, consciousness, bliss, drop that. What do you do? Don't do anything. Just relax into it. Don't disturb that, that state. He says, it's like the non-flickering flame of a, of a lamp. It's from, taken from the Gita. Samadhi, perfect Samadhi is when the flame of the lamp is absolutely strange. That is continuously burning. It's absolutely absorbed. This is the deepest possible absorption. The mind is still there, but it is completely absorbed. It is what is called nirvishaya, objectless. Mind is fully aware. You haven't gone to sleep. The mind is fully aware but objectless. And you remain as you were, what you have always been, that primordial I am that I am. This is called internal, without thought construct samadhi. Practice this again and again, you will see a new kind of self-identity will develop. It will be clear that I am not this body, I am not this mind, I am that which shines in the Nirvikalpaka Samadhi, very clearly. It's always there. It's only Nirvikalpaka Samadhi in this one, we get doubts are removed. 
then there's no doubt about it anymore. It doesn't seem theoretical anymore. All right, we'll take the question now. We've got a time for a couple of questions. <laughs> yes, in Nirvikalpaka Samadhi, no more questions will be there. That's why I told him to wait until we go to Nirvikalpaka Samadhi. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Now, I'll tell you briefly now. The difference is there and it is understood through our own experience, our daily experience. When I say this table and that bench, name is different, form is different. But you know this is also wood, that is also wood. What is invariable and unchanging between the two? It is the wood. Even better example would be the same piece of gold is made into a ring, melted and made into a necklace, melted and made into a bangle. It's the same thing. The name and form keep changing. In the same way, in all our experiences, make two divisions. They are composite experiences. When I say table, I'm experiencing a table, it's composite of two things. Table is bench is man is woman is planet earth is anything that you experience see that it's not a theoretical thing you are experiencing it as is exists all right so far now what they are saying is focus on the existence aspect of experience not on the table bench planet man woman not on that you will find there is a common existence running through everything. They say like a thread through many flowers. Flowers or pearls, a ne pearl necklace, a thread, common thread runs through everything. In the same way, existence runs through everything. If you try to think like that or feel it, one more thing will happen. You will immediately feel it's that existence which is common to everything is not out there. The table is out there. But the existence of the table is my existence. You will feel it. It cannot be explained philosophically, but you can. You will feel it. It's my existence upon which the table subsists. So what you do in every experience, instead of focusing on the name and form, focus on the existence. That is the being, the pure being there. You see, what good does it do? Well, that pure being is unchanging. The name and form keep changing. All problems are in the name and form. The pure being has no problems at all. That's the problem of being enlightened. You can't complain anymore. <laughs> if you complain, you are not enlightened. If you, but if you are enlightened, you have to choose. Yes. Well, we'll keep it aside for that, for the time being. But forgetting about name and form does not mean that name and form will disappear. You can go on interacting with the world as you were, but you know something deeper now. It's, you see, how it solves our problems is like this. A little boy goes to a fair, and in, actually this works well in, in Calcutta. In the fair they have, uh, they have uh, these little toys made of sugar, sugar uh, of candy. Cotton candy. Uh, cotton candy, but uh, little toys, they, they are made of uh, horses and uh, lions and soldiers. Dolls, little dolls made of sugar. And the little boy tells his mother that, Oh mother, 
uh, I want the lion. And the shopkeeper says, we are out of lions, but you can have any of these. And the boy says, no, I want the lion. And the mother says, look, my boy, they are all the same. They're not the same. How can the lion be the same as, as a deer or as an elephant? Now, for the mother, it's no problem. The boy is stuck on the name and the form. This is good and that's good. This is better and that's, that's not as good. But the mother knows the substance and the mother knows what, what the boy means by a lion and that elephant and tiger. So the mother can interact at the level of the child. But mother knows something deeper, that they are all sugar. In the same way, you can continue to deal with the world as you were dealing earlier. It's not that the name and form will be erased. It's just that you would know something deeper. You are aware of the reality which appears, the sugar which appears as this world. Yeah. Question? Yes. I understand. It goes into my samskara. Yes. And so it comes back again. Yes. So how do you drop How do you drop the thoughts? It's easier said than done. But what you do is, the advantage here is, thoughts will keep coming. All you have to do is, if you're trying to get into this thoughtless, this uh, beyond thought state of mind, and thought comes up. But here you have an advantage. What do you do? You go back to the first method. Become aware of the thought shining in your consciousness. Then drop the thought and say that consciousness itself is asanga, satchidananda, svaprabha, dvaita, vajita. Stop saying that you remain at that consciousness. Again a thought comes up and it will. No problem. The thought will only drive us back towards that consciousness. In other kinds of meditation what happens in the yogic meditation is you are trying to hold on to one thought and not think other thoughts. So when another thought comes you have to let that go and hold on to this one. Here you are holding on to a reality which is shining on that thought. So every time the thought comes, you just have to be aware it's shining. It's shining. After all, the thought is shining. You are experiencing that thought. How are you experiencing it? In your awareness. Become aware of the awareness. Directly you cannot become aware of the awareness, of course. Be aware that the thought is shining in the awareness. You are not the thought. Good. I think many are in samadhi, in some stage or the other. <laughs> three different states. One thing I'll just tell you that uh, many people have been initiated, they have got a mantra and Ishta Devata, so do not ever mix these two. In computer language they say firewall. <laughs> what the Guru has said, the mantra and the way the Guru has taught, keep that sacrosanct. That time of practice and that, that, that is absolutely not to be interfered with. And this is Another thing that we have learned, by the way, and you can try it out. It is, uh, it is interesting. It's interesting. Most people say it gives them a headache when they try to do this. <laughs> All right, let's stop here today. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.